0: Man, what good truth, and and what a pleasure it is to be back together again, um, worshiping God. Um, So, I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm not an avid moviegoer, but I see an occasional movie here and there. Um, And I have this theory um, that... One of two things. I feel like there are really common themes that come up in every movie that I see. It might just be a small sample size because I don't watch a lot of movies. But there is, I feel like in all of the movies that I've been seeing recently, there's the theme of redemption or sacrificial love. And I think there's two explanations for that. One might be that screenwriters and, um, you know, directors they're Christians, and seeing their platform as a way to share Christ. And that would be awesome. Like, how cool is that? But the second thing, I think probably more realistically, is that so many people hunger for the truth that is the gospel, even if they don't know it. And so that longing in their heart becomes this great story that they tell. Not even knowing, maybe, that it's a true story that we have in Christ. So I saw a movie the other day. Sorry if that's going to ruin you for movies forever, and you're going to see, like, man, I just wanted to enjoy the movie, but now I see the gospel. Sorry. <laughs> in advance, you can come tell me, but I'll take full accountability of that. Um, but I saw a movie recently, um, Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Okay um, if you haven 't seen it, there is a spoiler alert, so you might want to cover your ears or like tune out for a little bit, so just so you know um, but Dory, if you you probably know, but if you don 't she 's a fish, and she has short term memory loss, okay, so she she gets lost in short term memory loss it leads her into some danger and some challenges, um, but that 's who Dory is, and p- one of the themes in finding Dory is that she starts to remember um, who she is and where she came from and her family, and she goes on this quest to try and find her family, her parents. So here's where the spoiler alert comes up. So her parents, this whole time that she's been lost, has been um, trying to, they've been laying shells out, radiating from their home so that she can follow it home, um, so that she can maybe see that shell and remember who she was and something that they had done before and find her way back home. And I think in my own life, I find that all too often I'm like Dory. I forget the things that God has done in my life and the incredible blessings that he has given me or the incredible things that he's done. And I think we all have moments where whether we recognized it or not, God did something amazing in our life, but I forget those moments, and I think all too often, and I'm like, Dory, and I forget these things, and I get lost, or whatever's right in front of my face becomes the most important thing, and I think... I fixate on whatever that is, whether it's a circumstance, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a relationship. Man, these things can become the most important thing in our life. But what God wants, I think God is Dory's parents, if you're following the example. God is setting, I don't know, stick with me, stick with me. But God, he gives us those opportunities and those moments to see and hear from him whether it's in our own lives or somebody else's, to remind us who he is. And just like that song we just sang, that his promises are true and unfailing. The character of God never changes. Dory's parents never stopped hoping that they would be able to draw her back home. Man, and I, I feel like that happens in our lives is, is we forget or we get distracted or we get lost. But God never changes, his character never changes, and his promises never change. And man, I just need to be reminded of that, especially as we walk in to this new year and new opportunities. And so um, I'd love to just pray for us, um, and then um, I'll hand it over. So God, um, thank you, first, for who you are. Um, just the perfect king Um, and just having Christmas for your son to be reminded that you came to earth to live with all the challenges and struggles of this world. And you you loved us enough to come and to bring your son, God, and that perfect life that he lived. So let us remember who Christ is, and what he did on our behalf. Hey, may his precious blood be proof enough that you keep your promises. Mm-hmm. God, we just need to be reminded whether, whether what we're going through right now feels like a desert, whether, whether there's a challenging relationship or a circumstance in our life where it feels like the ground is moving and we have no Ground to stand on. God, just help us to see you and to remember that your promises are true and that, that you say you will never leave or forsake us. So whether it's whether it's a dry time for us spiritually or whether whether we're dwelling intimately with you, I just pray that that as a family here we get to hear you more clearly. That we get to see what you are doing in our lives and the lives of people around us as you're building your kingdom. And give us the courage to step into that um, and to go somewhere new and maybe uncomfortable. But God, let us remember who you are, those sure promises, the foundation that we stand on, so that we know whatever is new and what is scary and what is uncomfortable. you will be faithful in that because you have been faithful before. So God, we just praise you for this truth and we just ask that you allow us to remember, to remember who you are and to see you clearly as we go out this week. In your son Jesus name, amen.
1: Amen. Laura, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. Wow, welcome to Church Project glad that everyone's here. Welcome to 2017. You made it. Give yourself a round of applause. you made it. I am Aaron. I am the pastor here at Church Project. And so if you're a first-time guest, I want to say welcome. Hopefully you enjoy yourself today. There's a lot of good people. Watch out. There's some honorary brats out there too, so watch out for them. But there's good people here. And I think God has got some incredible things for us as we move into 2017. I want to just jump right in. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 14 through 21. So Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 21 hopefully is what we're going to cover today. Uh, Welcome to the new year. You know I was, uh, during our break we haven't met for the last two weeks and did you miss church? Hopefully you did. Yeah, I miss church. I'm like, okay, it was good to it was good to be away, but it's good to be back too. And during the break, we we pulled out the Wii. Does anyone have a Wii? A Nintendo Wii? Anyone have a or is that just old school? Okay, that's just old school. All right. So Lauren and I, our family in Mexico, When we we lived in Mexico about eight or nine years ago, and we bought this Wii, and this Wii came with this Wii Fit thing. Does anyone know what this is? It's where you get on it, it tells your weight, and then you do all these flexible things, and I mean, it's supposed to be really cool. And so we were really into the Wii down in Mexico, (laughs) because... We didn't have anything else to do. So we played the Wii a lot, and I was also doing P90X. I was, I was pretty ripped, looking good. So part of, part of the Wii is you create these little mini Wii's or me-Wis. me is what they're called. I don't I, I all these, know, all these terms. me me we-Me. The Me's. You, you create these little U's, okay, and they're, car, they're cartoons. You're supposed to make them look like you, all that stuff. And so we were active into that eight years ago. And so we decided over the break, we found this Nintendo, we pulled it out, got out this little Wii Fit thing, and started doing our thing. I was excited. I jumped on this, it's, this, this Wii Fit thing, and it gives you your weight and all this stuff. And I knew I was in trouble because I stepped on it, and right away it goes, Ooh. Anyone ever, if you played it, I'm like, Ooh, what? Ooh. Keep in mind, it was eight years ago. And so my little me, we that I created eight years ago, it went from being like this skinny and fit P90X, and it, and it goes up on this level to like almost overweight, and it says I've gained 40 pounds, this is it 40 pounds in like eight years? That's right. Uh, and my, me, my little me, we cartoon guy went from being skinny to like this plumpy little thing. I'm like, <laughs> so that's why I'm wearing a black shirt today. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, a lot, has, a lot has changed in eight years, so be gracious with me, okay? But it was good, it was good to be a break, it was good to be away, and it's good to be with family and friends back, and I think God has got some incredible things for us in 2017, and I was very much reminded that if I want to get the same thing that I got last year, in the last eight years, I need to keep eating and doing what I'm doing, and my me is going to get bigger and bigger, but I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to a clean slate. I'm looking forward to starting over. I'm looking forward to changing some things up. I'm looking forward for what God may have for me. I'm looking forward to what God may have for you and what God may have for our church. Uh, we've also have another reminder. Jeremy and Sheeta back there are wonderful and powerful and dynamic and very anointed. I would ask or I would say, worship pastor broke his elbow. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun when your main worship guy that plays guitar can break his elbow? That's awesome. It reminds me of the time, and you've never been to a church when a pastor's flipped you off. You've never, it reminds me of the time when I, when I was a worship pastor and I broke this finger. Okay, I broke this finger. And I, I had to learn how to play worship, like the guitar with a broken finger. So I'm, I'm playing like this. God loves you. Like a, so at least Jeremy wasn't a broken finger. But we're reminded, like, we're reminded continually, and even right now as Church Project, we are a project. We are a people on the move. Like, I, we don't have it all figured out. We, we, we don't have it all figured out. And sometimes God's going to throw things our ways, like a broken elbow when your main job is leading worship. We'll Go with it. We go, we're all, we go with life, and we, we're excited for what God has for us, and it's neat that we're already starting with a broken elbow in 2017. We're praying for massive healing of you, Jeremy. I got a word, and I don't, I don't know if I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere, so I may be ripping it off from someone, but I got a really good word during the break And it was just an image, and I had it for a few of our families in particular, and I think it's for all of us. How many of you have ridden a bike? Okay. Or a motorcycle? Okay, there's something about the bike and there's something about the motorcycle that when you get on, uh, momentum is good. But lack of momentum can be bad. And so sometimes we get on a bike and and especially if it's a downhill bike and there's, there's rugged jumps and stuff in front of us, we can get scared and we can hit the brake. Or if you're on a motorcycle, you're going into a turn, you're like, I don't know, and you get a little scared. But the problem is on a bike and a motorcycle, if you don't have enough momentum, what happens? It starts getting wobbly, doesn't it? You start getting a little loosey-goosey, and you start, uh, start panicking a little bit. And it's in those moments when you actually retract and start hitting the brake and getting wobbly that you're in the most danger. And I thank God this year. I know, I know for me, I know for certain people in this room, I know for all of us in this room that I think God has given us a fresh word. He's given us a dream. He's, he's anointed every single one of us in certain ways. But as we move into 2016, I want this to be your challenge. Don't hit the brake. Don't hit the brake. When, it feel, when you feel like, uh-oh, there's a challenge in front of me, or I don't know how I'm going to do this, trust that God has given you something good. Trust that God has anointed you, and don't hit the brake. Accelerate. Yeah, that's right. That's good right there. If we spend time with God, He's going to remind us who we are. He's going to remind us who He is. And when we're reminded who He is, we can trust his word, and when he's given you a word, don't you dare hit your brake. 2017 is a year that we are going to accelerate. That's when bikes get stable, when we accelerate. I have two uh, verses for you. Proverbs sixteen three, commit your work to the Lord, and the plans will be established. As we move into 2017, may we commit our work to the Lord. May our plans be established in him. May he be the one that's driving us. Another verse, and this is pretty common, Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives and in our church. That's our prayers as we move into this year, that we won't hit the break. that we'll accelerate and we'll say, God, it's about you, not about us. I want to jump into Acts here. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. And um, we're going to look at verses 14 through 21. I want to recap for us, though, because we kind of hit a a pause in the beginning of December and said, okay, we're going to do some different things for Advent season. And so we haven't been in Acts consistently since the beginning of December. So I want to recap what's happened already in Acts, uh, all the way leading up to chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, there's a powerful verse. And if you don't have it underlined, Underline it in your Bible because what happens is, this is what it says, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is Jesus at the beginning of the book looking at his disciples, talking to him, saying, we've experienced some cool stuff, haven't we? but i'm about to leave you and when i leave i'm going to give you my holy spirit and my holy spirit is going to guide you and direct you and you're going to take this gospel message to the ends of the world ends of the earth even when i'm not with you and so my prayer for me and for us is that we would we would move into and we would lean into the holy spirit as he empowers us to take this gospel message everywhere that we go here's another verse kind of summarizing where we've been acts chapter 1 verse 14 all these were in one accord, and they were devoting themselves and praying together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And it's talking about the unity of the church right now. The church was unified, and because the church was unified, God continued to pour his Holy Spirit on the church, and powerful things began to happen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1-2 through 2, says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And how would you like to be in this moment? Look at verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire, entire house where they were sitting. The church was together. The church was in unity. And Jesus left the church. He left the building. And the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit begins to empower the church to do incredible things. And what just happened in the verses before is that the tongues of fire set and, and the disciples started speaking in these, this language that no one could understand. And so a crowd of people started gathering around them. And you'll see in the verses just leading up that they said something cool is happening, but all these men are drunk. And That, that is in verse 13. And now we're caught up. So let's, let's get on with this. Okay, you ready? Verse 14 of chapter 2 of Acts. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. And in verse 16, but this is what, this is what was uttered through your, the prophet Joel. I want to stop right here. I want to clarify where we're at. Because if we know where we're at, verses 14, 15, and 16 really take on some really good meaning here. And so let's recap again. The spirit moves on the people. The disciples start speaking. Incredible things start happening. A big crowd gathers, and they said, You're drunk. Then Peter stands up in verse 14 and says, Hey, what you're seeing right here? No, they're not drunk. This is what's happening. And look at some verses. I want to, or some words in these verses. I want to pull them apart. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them Men of Judea and all, look at that word, all. Who dwell in Jerusalem. So Peter's speaking to everyone there in Jerusalem as this incredible thing is happening. Let this be known to you and give ear. So Peter says, Hey, all y'all, I can say that because I just came back from Texas. All y'all, give an ear. Listen up. He's saying, Hey, everybody, listen to my words. Then in verse 15, for these people are not drunk as you suppose. I like that, not drunk as you suppose. They're not what you think. They're not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour in the day. Some of you, if you're drunk at the third hour of the day, you got problems. Okay. Um, in verse 16, but, and then he begins to explain, which, which we haven't read yet. But he goes, but. So, what are those verses saying? He's saying, okay, listen, everybody, listen up to what I've got to say, because what you think is happening, no. Something different is happening. And let's look real quick what's happening in verse 17. He begins to talk about it. He says, And in the, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And verse 18, Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes. The great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So to us, removed a couple thousand years, you go What's he smoking? Maybe he is drunk. What's he talking about? Okay, for this time and for this people, as he gets up and he begins to address, he's addressing recent writings that people know about. He's talking about what's happening, and he's addressing it. He's saying, listen, you think what's happening is they're drunk, but no, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take this, what you think, everyone's drunk, and I'm going to connect it with what you already know. This is what's happening, and it's going to explain something new that's happening in the lives of these people. How many of you like The Matrix, the movie The Matrix? Okay? It all started right here. Like, The Matrix is only the sequel to this. Like, he's going, What you think is true, that's not true. Forget about it. It's all new. Like, what you thought you knew, God is doing a new thing right now. God is everywhere. In our lives, God is everywhere. One of the things I loved about Laura and and what you talked about up here is we kind of are calling this the imago, which is the image. I will never watch a cartoon again the same because you've given me the image of God in the cartoon, which is, which is good. But God is everywhere in all of our lives. He, he is beckoning for our attention everywhere that we go. And Peter is standing up saying, you think it's one thing, but it's not. God is everywhere. Don't believe the lies that are in front of you right now because they're not drunk. God's doing something new. And if you don't pay attention to it, you're going to miss it. If, and if you keep missing it and you keep doing the same things that you've always done, you will get the same thing that you've always gotten. You're going to look up eight years from now and you're going to gain 40 pounds. It, it's just going to be the same unless we begin to ask God To show us who He is in new ways and be expectant for God. To show us who He is in new ways and to dive into God like we've never done before. But if we casually go into God and we go into Him the same way that we always have, saying, God, if you would, would you please, maybe, I'm not feeling, whatever. We're going to get the same results. I wish Peter could stand up right now and look at all of us and go, all y'all, listen to me. What you think is happening is not what's happening. God is doing a new thing. So throttle into the corner and let's see what 2017 has in store. I'm expectant for God to do incredible things in my life. And I'm expectant that God will do incredible things in all of our lives. It's going to make us better people it's going to make us better neighbors. It's going to make us better friends as we point people to hope. All right, we can fast forward a little, bit, a little bit to more current history. Henry Ford famously said that if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. I'm glad we don't have faster horses. I'm glad that he thought and went different ways and started to do things different. This is the year... Church Project, we introduce culture to God. This is the year at Church Project that we introduce God to our culture. This is the year at Church Project that we, be, we begin to impact the places and spaces that we go in deeper ways than we ever thought was possible. This is the year we begin to see really changed. Are you in this? Do you see this? Do you want this? It may take doing things different than we did last year. It may take waking up a little earlier. It may take opening up your Bible. It may take getting involved in a house church. It may take who knows what it's going to take. But my prayer is that we won't do things the same way everything has always been done. And since I've already flipped you off, I thought this was a good illustration as well. Guy Raz, if you know him, has a podcast called "How I Built This," And he introduced uh, Jim I think it's Koch. Uh, who is the founder of Samuel Adams, the brewing company. And, and it, the whole podcast is about how I built this, how, how this this company came about. And so as, as Samuel Adams started not so long ago, um, one of the things that they did is they had no money. And so listen to this podcast. It's, it's pretty good. And, and they said they, they had a lack of money, so they came up with a brilliant idea. They, they, ta- they taped to their six packs of their beer, um, offers for anyone to mail in, well, how much was it? $495. If you mailed in $495, you would have, you would have bought 33 shares in their company. And so this, never, this has never been done before. They, they went for it. They tried it out. They ended up having 130,000 people take them up on the offer. They raised $65 million and at the time when light beer that was fluffy and foamy was, was the rage, here comes this dark beer that was different, and they did things differently, and, and their, their whole tagline was beer independence, no, declare beer independence. They're like, yeah, and began to do things differently, and we know where Samuel Adams is right now as a company. It's, it's bigger. It's changed microbrewery Brewery and how, how beer is now made in America, so you can now say that we talked about beer, and I flipped you off today as we we're talking about and illustrating multiple ways that we got to think differently. We've got to do things different. Just because it's been done a certain way doesn't mean we need to continue doing it this way. In fact, I would declare over us that if we want to see more God this year in our life than ever before, we're going to press in harder. We're going to throttle even more, and we're going to be expectant for God to do incredible things in our life. That's what I'm here for. That's what I want to see happening in Greeley, Colorado, and that's what I want to see for Church Project. What I would love to see for Church Project is that as we go about our places and spaces, wherever we go, we don't say that we belong to Church Project. And everyone goes, oh, I know, I know that one. That's the church where God's doing cool things. We, we're not saying that, but we're saying we just don't go to Church Project, but we know the God of Church Project. That we know the God of Church Project. And if we can all say that, that we know the God of Church Project and we're expecting Him to do incredible things, watch out for what He does with this, this body. This is a significant amount of people that can do, a, do damage and Greeley. if we're expectant and we're leaning on Him, that we know the God of Church Project. Welcome to 2017. I want to go through, I think I covered enough in these verses. And we're almost done, by the way. In the first part, I think I covered enough. Peter said, hey, all you guys, listen, what you think's happening. They're not drunk. God's doing a new thing. So we've covered that. But I want to pick apart a little bit, starting verse 17. And we might return to this next week, too. So I'm going to kind of fly through this. And then verse 17, he says, And in the last days it shall be God. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Do you read that? God's pouring out a new thing. And you say, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, which has me asking a question. Do you have kids? And do you expect that they will prophesy? You should. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They will have powerful words. Think about it. As we, as we begin to train up our children in the way that we should go, it's even asked me, I've even, I've even had to ask myself, how am I raising up Zoe and Audra, my daughters that are 15 and 17? You know, I, I, I shouldn't go to them and say, well, has God given you anything? Has he given you a word? I should go and say, what word has God given you? Like, I should be expectant. I should be sitting and listening. And already at a young age, begin to train them that they should be expectant that God will actually speak to them too. And that's just as a dad. What about us as sons and daughters? Are we expectant that God will speak to us and we'll begin to prophesy? We should. We should. We should move into this. Don't worry, we'll get into this next week. Even more. Uh, Continue to the next verse. It says, And your young men shall see visions. So young men, what are you seeing? And your old men shall dream dreams. Which all that says is if you're dreaming dreams, you're old. (laughs) if you're dreaming dreams at a young age you're just an old young man Okay, I mean we'll we'll continue to pick this apart but in verse 18 even on my male servants and my female servants and in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above if 2017 is going to be any different than 2016 was is because I can almost just put it down to one word we are expectant for God to do incredible things on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to move. He wants to teach. He wants to love. He wants to see his sons and daughters prophesy. He wants to see our old men's dreaming and our young men's having visions. He wants to do these things. But I can tell you why he doesn't to me often because I go like this I'm good. I'm not expecting, I'm not asking, I'm not pushing into it. We're going into the unknown, church. I told you this a few months ago. This, this little Baptist boy, whenever you say tongues, I start going, ooh. Whenever you say prophecy, I start going, ooh. It's all weird in this place. We're going into the unknown because I think God is going to do some incredible things for all of us. As we push in, expectant that he's going to show himself to us. You want to do this with me? You want to do this together? We need our prophets to prophesy. We need our pastors to pastor. We need our dreamers to dream. We need our teachers to teach. Oh, yeah. We need our electricians to electrify. I don't know what they do, so I just put that. We need our bakers to bake. We need our parents to parent. We need our leaders to lead. We need our babysitters to babysit. We need our crafters to craft. You have any other illustrations? I'm kind of running out here. What do we need? We need our basketball players to basketball. (laughs) I'll stop. It's going to start getting silly. You get the point? This whole gospel message is really kind of simple. I'm going to teach because we need our teachers to teach. I'm going to lead because we need our leaders to lead. What are you going to do? We need you. Are you expectant that God's going to move in you and do some incredible things? No excuses. We we could easily say, you know what? Jeremy's elbow's broken. No worship today. Okay, what a great disservice, right? Church, be expectant that God is going to wake us up in powerful, powerful ways this year. 2017 will be a great year as we each step into the anointing that God has given each and every one of us as his spirit rushes in in a powerful way and begins to do new things in our life. I accept that, and I declare that, and I pray that over us.